All right, folks, welcome back. Today we're looking at Mark chapter 14, verses 1 through 11. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, God, for your goodness. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you that you that you desire to know us. You desire to lead us and guide us. Lord, I just ask that as we look at your word, God, we would yield ourselves to you, completely just laying down everything, laying down everything that we think we know, everything we think we've got figured out, just completely laying down our lives that we would learn from you, that we would be shaped and molded by you so that we can look more and more like you each and every day. God, you created us in your image and you're building and restoring that image in us. Lord, let us walk in truth. Let us walk in life. Let us walk in your love. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're looking at Mark chapter 14, verses 1 through 11. After two days, it was the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by trickery and put him to death. But they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. She broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than three hundred denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me you do not always have. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be told as a memorial to her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad, and they promised to give him money. So he sought how he might conveniently betray him. So we see three different things going on. First, right off the bat, we see um, we see the chief priests and the scribes. They're at a point now where they want Jesus dead. They're not trying to just figure out how to get him to be quiet. They're not trying to discredit him. They're not trying to kind of even catch him or trap him in what he's saying or even find anything wrong. They're finding, they're looking to see how they can be deceptive, how they can trick either him or someone else into having him put to death. So that's where they're at. But now we see Jesus. He's in Bethany. He's there. Um, he's having a meal with his disciples and some others. Um, and then we see this, just this amazing act, this amazing story of a woman who comes before him holding this, holding this flask of oil that she pours out on him. Um, and then she begins to get criticized. I just, I just want to kind of hang out there for just a minute. So we've got this woman and it doesn't tell us exactly who it is, at least not in this story. And I'm going to, or at least not in this telling of. Um, this event. So I'm going to keep it with that. I don't want to, it's interesting, but this time I don't want to start bringing in the other, the other accounts. I just want to kind of focus on what we've got here because what we've got here is enough to just speak to us and let God just kind of really show us what's going on. So we see a couple of things. We see that um, this woman, it says having an alabaster, alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. She broke the flask and poured it on his head. So anointing people with oil was very common in these times. They would take and they would, I mean, if there was a king that was anointed, they would take and they would pour oil over his head. It wasn't just a little drop. They would actually pour this out on them. 
Um, oil, the, these perfumed oils, these fragranced, fragranted oils were used for lots of different things. Um, but one of the things that we do see is that they were used to, um, they were used to anoint a body for burial and such like that. And that's actually what Jesus is kind of talking about here. But we see this woman come and she's just pouring this oil out on Jesus. She brings something that is very, very valuable and she breaks the flask. She doesn't just she doesn't just figure out to get a little bit out, but she breaks the bottle. She breaks the flask that this oil is in, and she pours it out on Jesus. I mean, just her heart coming for him, just just where she's at coming before Jesus to just do something for him. Um, she she's not taking account, or at least if she is, if she's thinking about what others are going to say, she's not worried about it. She's just coming, and her sole focus is Jesus. She comes, and we even see that there's others here. They get indignant. They say, why was this wasted? So what she's doing is a beautiful gesture, is a beautiful thing before the Lord. Those that were sitting around, even some of his disciples are saying, why was this wasted? They look at what she did as a waste. And folks, we're going to encounter things like that in our lives. You're going to step out and you're going to do things for the Lord. And there's going to be people that say, why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your money? Why are you wasting your talent? Why are you doing this? when you could be doing this and it would benefit you so much more or it would benefit us so much more. So really, we just see her heart. She's not worried about how else she could use this. It doesn't necessarily even make sense to the people around, but she is just pouring it out before the Lord. And that's where we want to be, folks. We want to be so focused on Jesus. So she had to have had an encounter with him prior to this. So just... Let's think about what would get her to this point of taking this very expensive oil and pouring it out on Jesus. She had to have had an encounter with him at some point in time. This wasn't the first time she met him, or I guess it could be, but she knew enough about him. But something has happened. She's had an encounter with Jesus that has impacted her so much that she's not even worried about what else she could do with this. She's grabbing the best that she's got, and she's pouring it out. On the Lord and folks, that's that's how we come to Him. When we realize just what He's done for us, when we realize the price that He paid for us, we take everything we've got, everything we've got that's valuable, and we pour it out before the Lord. And it's the thing is, it's not a waste. But there are going to be those that are going to look and say, "Well, why are you wasting your time?" Well, okay, so you pass up a promotion that would um, maybe you pass a promotion at work that everyone's saying that would be great for you, that would be great for you, that would be great for you, but you know it's not what God has for you. Maybe it's a relationship that, that you've had to let go or that you've had to distance yourself from and everyone's saying, well, that was so good for you. That's, But you could have done so much if you'd only done this, but you know it's not where God wants you. So you, we lay our lives out before the Lord and not before the world. We take everything we have and we offer it to Jesus. We give it to him to let him do with what he wants. It, it honors him. It's not about honoring us. It's not about me profiting from the gifts that I've been given, but it's about the kingdom. It's about God profiting from all that he has put in me. And we've got people in this group that they're challenging her. They're, um, it says in verse five um, that they criticized her sharply. They're saying, well, this could have been given to the poor. Um, the reality is they're not, they weren't all thinking about that. Um, we know from different accounts that Judas was a, he was pretty much a thief. He was the money keeper. Um, he was the one that kept the monies, um, but he also helped himself to it whenever he wants. So he was just saying, well, this could have been sold and there could have been more money in the purse for me to get my hands on. Um, 
But they begin to criticize her sharply. And then I love the fact that Jesus responds at this point. He says, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. It wasn't even about what the other people were saying. Jesus stepped in to defend her. So, folks, I want you to like, we need to get into a habit of just kind of like tuning our ears to hear Jesus' voice. The world can be so loud at times, and there's so many things that the world can say, especially when we start to follow Christ and we start to step out in things that make others uncomfortable. Because I promise you, as you live your life in Christ, your life in him, the Christ in you will make other people uncomfortable. There will be people that don't have anything to do with Jesus that will become uncomfortable because your life's going to look different than them and they're going to experience a conviction. But there's going to be people, there's going to be other Christians, people you go to church with, people who um, who maybe you go to a Bible study with, other people that they say they believe. But as you become, begin to pursue Christ more and more, they're going to get uncomfortable. They're going to look at their life, they're going to look at your life, and they're going to realize there's something different. They're going to realize that that you've surrendered, you've sold out to Jesus. You're not kind of half in, half out, um, partly here, partly there, holding back what you can and just kind of getting enough. And they're going to be uncomfortable. And folks, when people get uncomfortable, one of the first things they want to do is they want to try and stop it um, and, and somehow change that discomfort. They want to get it so that's they can get you in a position where you don't make them as uncomfortable. So they're going to try and justify. They're going to criticize you for the good you're doing. And it's not even necessarily directed at you, but so many times people come and criticize you and they'll, they'll correct you for something because if they can correct you and convince you that you're wrong, it makes them more comfortable in their dysfunction, in their error, and in the things that they're out of bounds on. So folks, we've got to fix our eyes on Jesus. But realize if you tune your voice to him, I promise you in these times you will hear you will hear him confirming in you that you're right, that you're on the right track, that you're walking down the right road. And he will come to your defense. He may not come straight out and correct them. You may not hear an audible voice that says, leave them alone. But the reality is you can know in your heart that, that Jesus, that God is right there. And he's going to tell you, hey, keep going. You're on the right track. Don't listen to them. What you're doing is right before me. And the reality is if you're out of bounds, if you get a little out of bounds or something's going on there, he'll also he'll also correct you in that time. But in this point, at this place, he corrected those around this woman. And let's take a look at it from the flip side for a minute or two, folks, too, because there's times when we'll when it's always great to look to read these stories and picture ourselves as that good character. In this case, it's always great. It would be great to go through and say, Well, I'm always this woman. I'm always pouring everything I've got out. For Jesus, but the reality is, folks, there's times when that's not the case. We're going to look at other people, and we're going to find ourselves getting critical of others. We're going to look at other people, maybe even in the church, maybe around us, and we're going to find ourselves getting critical of them because what they're doing makes us uncomfortable. Maybe someone's taken a step out in faith that you know you should, but you haven't yet, so you get a little uncomfortable because you get conviction from what they're doing. A lesson to learn here is also to not get in that spot too, or even if you find yourself in that spot, listen to the voice of God, listen to Jesus' voice. And if he's saying, let her alone, if he's saying, don't criticize this person, hey, hands off, this one's mine, they're doing something for me, then listen to that and back off and deal with yourself. Because he is going to step in and he's going to he's going to speak as he needs to. He encouraged this woman, but he also corrected his disciples. He corrected those around that were grumbling. And folks, that's one thing that we definitely want to do is we want to keep ourselves in a position where one, where we've got everything poured out before the Lord. But if we find ourselves in a spot where we're a little off, we want to be corrected. At least I do. 
If I, I mean, folks, I'm all after Jesus. That's what I want. He's the one I want. There's nothing in my life that I want to be more important than him. There's other things that I've got to do. Absolutely. But he's the one that I want to be the primary focus and pursuing him and being transformed and just loving him and doing what it is that he calls me to do and loving other people around me so that they may see him. I want my life to reflect the life and the light and the love of Jesus. So if I'm getting a little out of bounds, if I'm getting critical, if I'm if I'm starting to say something that I shouldn't be saying, if I'm starting to see something that I shouldn't be seeing, I want to hear the voice of God to correct me. I want to hear his voice correcting me. So keep our ears tuned to his voice. And when correction comes, don't um, don't just get frustrated. Don't just back off, but just embrace it. Deal with it. The reality is if God's going to point out something in your life that needs to change, he's going to give you the grace to do it. But we've got to walk it out. You've got to put feet behind it and actually walk out what he's telling you to do. Um, it's not enough to just hear a correction. We have to actually be willing to make the change. If you're willing to make the change, he'll give you the grace and strength to do it. So we go on through and he tells them um, to leave her alone. He says, you have the poor with me always, but, and whenever you wish, you may do good to them, but me, you do not always have. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, this what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Jesus is very, very close to his crucifixion and his death. And the disciples still don't got it. Still, still don't got it. Still don't get it. Um, but he's telling them what she's done. She's prepared me for burial. She's prepared me for what comes after my death. So, she, so it's even foreshadowing what's to come. And it's just amazing how so many of the things that God does um, and allows to happen and brings into our lives, paint a picture and set the stage for the things that are coming ahead. So don't don't get frustrated when you see things happening around you that you may not may or may not understand, especially when you don't understand some of the things that are happening in your life. Just keep your eyes on him, realizing he may be setting the stage for what's for what's coming down the road. Um, he may be leading you and guiding you and directing you into something bigger, something greater, or just preparing you, um, preparing you or preparing someone else for what lies ahead that we don't necessarily see yet. And we can walk into that just knowing, okay, hey God, I know this is going on, but you've got something going on. And sometimes we we see little things, we hear little things that they kind of make sense. Um, we know we heard God, but it doesn't quite fit, doesn't make sense. Take those things and just hold on to them and realize that, hey, what's going on? Um, God's building something. I may not see the full thing yet, but God is building. Um, I mean, he's, I mean, he even set this up so that for like through like all of time, it says that whenever... Um, or it says wherever this gospel is preached. So whenever Jesus said, whenever the good news about me is preached, whenever this great news that I've got is preached, what this woman has done is going to be told as a memorial. So this woman lives on forever. The, the memory of what she has done lives on and impacts generations and generations and generations for, for thousands of years because of what she did in that day. So the things that we do for God, the things that we, a simple act of worship for her, a simple act of just pouring out um, this valuable this valuable oil, <clears throat> maybe even almost all that she had, but it was worth so much she poured it out. But the history that it had, we're talking about her today over 2,000 years later because of what she did that day. So don't sell short the things that you're doing for God. Don't sell short just the little acts of worship that you do. Um, for the Lord, 
because those things can have impact. And then we look at verses 10 and 11. It says, Judas Iscariot, one of the 12, went to the chief priests to betray them, to betray him. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. So he sought how he might conveniently betray him. <coughs> so we see this, this wonderful thing happen. This woman pouring out everything that she, or pouring out all this oil for Jesus. And now we see one of his disciples, one of the 12 who's been with him for so long, who's been so close to him, betraying him. We can see some, we can have so many different things going on at the same time in our lives, folks, and we just keep, need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. But the reality is, as this was unfolding, as Judas was betraying, as the disciples were um, about to just get terrified and run, as Jesus was about to die, the perception of what was going on, the way things looked on the outside looked, um, they're about to look pretty hopeless. They're about to look pretty bad. But God's working a plan through all of it. So we need to realize that God's got a bigger plan. And even though we may not understand in the moment, like Jesus said, like when Jesus said, she's come to anoint me for bear, for my burial, that probably didn't make sense at that moment because he's there alive and talking. But it sets the stage and it prepares for what's coming. So take things as they come and just and realize that God's going to work things and there's going to be things that are going to be coming into your life that aren't always going to always make sense, but we can keep walking in faith. We can keep trusting that God's going to take us where he needs to take us. He's going to, he's going to do what needs to be done if we're willing to yield to him and trust him. But if there was one key pivoting key point in all this, I would say it's take what you've got and pour it out before the Lord, because it's never a waste. It will leave a legacy. It will make an impact. It will serve a purpose if we walk out and just pour everything we have out before the Lord, no matter what others say, no matter how others may criticize, we pour ourselves out and we pour out what we have before the Lord to worship him, to serve him, to follow him and let him do what he wants to do with it all. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you've given us all something. God, even if it's just the very breath and life that we have, you've given us that we may break that vessel, we may break and we may break that container and just pour that oil out, never to be picked back up and never to be put back, but it's poured out on you, God, that my life, that, that my life would be that broken vessel and that everything I have would be poured out for you. God, that you can do with it what you will, that you can build a legacy, that you can build a heritage, God, because I can't. But God, I just ask that you would do what only you can do in my life. And God, I just yield to you and surrender to you. Take all that I am. I'm holding nothing back from you. No matter the criticisms I get from others, no matter the people that say, well, that's just a waste. No, God, I pour it out for you, knowing that you can do marvelous things with whatever I offer up to you with humble obedience. Lord, I just thank you for each and every person that's listening. God, I ask that you would just show them what it is that they can pour out before you that would leave a legacy, that would leave a heritage that would carry on and that would make a difference for years for decades to come. Father, I just give you all the praise. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.